All of the government programs that we don't like are funded by theft. All of the government programs that we do like... Oh, sorry, there aren't any. Government is the reason that healthcare is expensive. Government is the reason you can't go to college. Taxation is theft. And welcome back to Taxation is Theft, a show that talks about all the ways the government is ripping you off and what you can do to stop them. Broadcasting live on Facebook and YouTube from an underground bunker deep within the jungles of Mexico, I'm Dan Taxation is Theft Berman, former candidate for president of the United States and currently in the race for governor of Texas. And today I've got Ashley Shade. She is the chair of the Outright Libertarians and the chair of the LP Massachusetts. A lot of chairs in the room today. Um, and of course, a candidate for city council of North Adams and an all-around GSM activist. So we're going to learn about what GSM is, and um, it's it's uh, it's kind of an interesting story um, uh, how that how that came about. But uh, we'll be talking about that and, and lots of cool, um, interesting topics surrounding that. But of course, before we get started, if you're watching the live stream, remember to like and share and comment and ask your questions. Uh, we will see your questions. We will answer them live on the show. Um, and tonight's episode is brought to you by the Nug of Knowledge, indoor-grown, chemical-free, smokable hemp flower and Delta-8 vape cartridges, legal in all 50 states. Get elevated at nugofknowledge.com. And if you haven't tried uh, Delta-8, um, I've been I've been uh, dabbling with Delta-8 myself for the last couple of weeks. It's really awesome stuff. Um, and it's legal. I keep forgetting it's not because it's almost the same, but it's legal. It's amazing. And now on to the show. Ashley, welcome. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Thank Long you for day of work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to start out just by talking about GSM and what that is because I like. I, I know there's been like this. Um, like it, it's even kind of turned into a joke about how like lgbt turned into lgbtq and then like they started like lmno everything else after that um and like everyone's like the word's getting too long but i think gsm was kind of like a cool um way to like be all inclusive of everybody so can you tell us kind of what gsm is yeah so gsm stands for gender and sexual minorities uh, and it's a term that we use it outright. And we use this term because we feel it's more inclusive than LGBTQ+. Um, it allows us to represent all the communities that uh, that are part of our umbrella without needing to add more letters to represent them. It's also a lot easier to say GSM than it is to say LGBTQ+, whatever, whatever, whatever we're adding. Um, so, you know, uh, we tend to use the word GSM within the Libertarian Party and, and especially at out outright right yeah and it's like anytime like i've been in in you know company where i say L lgbt and like i'm like i'm like okay did i miss something did i miss a letter at the end like that <laughs> like because i know like you know some people take it a little bit more serious than others um and so you know i think that's i think that's really cool that gsm is just kind of like you know it's, it's kind of a, a cool new word to to you know be all inclusive without without you know, getting too sensitive with people. Um, so um, I guess like, what's your story? You want to start out there? Like, like, how did you get involved with this? And what's your what's your kind of history? Yeah, sure. So uh, I got involved uh, in activism around 2017. I ran for office. 
and um, I ran for office in North Adams. This is before I joined uh, the party. And uh, I got 700 votes uh, in a city council race that uh, there are nine seats for. And the ninth place winner got 1,650. So I was about 1,000 votes short of you know being elected. It was the first time I ran. I ran with no budget. I ran with no team. Uh, I did an interview, a couple of interviews and a candidate forum. Uh, and was somehow get to able to get 700 votes, which was pretty cool. Um, from there, I realized that there were a lot of, um, there was a need for more voices and new ideas and activism for the GSM community. And so I started getting involved locally as an activist. Um, I started participating in forums and doing you know, outreach work uh, here locally. Uh, and then in June of 2018, uh, I ended up joining the Libertarian Party officially. Uh, and the way that came about was I sent a message to then chair Nick, Nick Sarwark. Um, I sent a message to his page. I never was expecting a response. You know, uh, the, the chair of the National Party doesn't care about people. <laughs> like, like, why would a chair of a National Party? Just I mean, I mean, it's not as big as the others. You know, random. <laughs> Facebook message, right? Like I wasn't expecting a response, but I got a response and I sent him a message and I said, hi, I'm a transgender woman uh, in Massachusetts. You know, I, I voted for Gary Johnson. I feel that libertarianism, that the Libertarian Party uh, fits my philosophy and fits my understanding of things. However, uh, I'm not quite sure if I belong here. There, there seems to be, you know, pushback against the transgender community from, from libertarians. You know, is this party somewhere is this party an accepting place do i belong here he said absolutely transgender people belong in the libertarian party we we believe in everybody's rights and that includes transgender people uh so i asked him you know i was like well if you can say that publicly i'd be more than happy to join the party and he put out a public message and i immediately joined and i've been here ever since awesome um and you've become extremely popular <laughs> <laughs> pretty quickly, um, which is awesome. Um, and you know, so, um, yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny, like not, not expecting to get a message back. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't know how many messages they get. Um, probably not a lot. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, the libertarian party, it's extremely diverse. Um, and I think like, I don't know what's what's um man where am i trying to go with this i think it's cool that you know you're you're bringing attention to an issue that i think is like you know like like the m and gsm stands for minority like it, it's it's a very small minority like when we think of minorities we're usually thinking about hispanics blacks asians you know that sort of like like racial minorities right mm -hmm. and there's like so many different minorities and it's interesting that like we, we I, like i feel like we've created a culture where we have minorities that um that you know oh it's cool to support these minorities because there's been so much activism behind it right there's been like this whole like we have to fight for minorities but then like people like it's like we've we've always like related that to like racial minorities and so like now you have other minorities coming along and it's like, hey, we're a minority too. And, you know, there's, you know, laws and all these other things that are oppressing us. 
that that we want to bring attention to and it's like at some point it's like oh but you, like you guys aren't minorities you're like you know it, it's like it hasn't it's almost like we've been bringing attention to like the minority struggle but at the same time it's like oh but but only to these minorities we need to like expand that out to other minorities instead of just like like at what point do we as a society say if there's a single person who believes one thing or you know lives one way that's that's um, you know different than everybody else and it's just one person that is a minority and that that yeah. individual you know has rights that need to be protected just the same as everybody else yeah and i mean if you think about it the libertarian party is we we are the minority in politics we we are a minority group of people um we have different ideas and different ways of of governance that other parties do not and so you know it's it's very different um when you're thinking about how government affects the lives of different people and it's really important to point out that um you know the government makes everything worse as we all know it's, it's it always makes things worse um and the government is there um people people get elected into government and they use their power in government to <laughs> to uh to exploit and oppress smaller groups because they know they can. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about. It's all about using that power. They're, they're not going to go after the, the, the majority of people. Why would they want to do that? They need those majority people. But if there's someone, if there's a group they can target, they will. If there's a group they can oppress, they will. And, you know, it's important to recognize, you know, as libertarians, we do believe that the individual is the smallest minority. However, we also need to recognize and understand that individuals will come together and collectivize into a group to fight back, especially when government is targeting specific people because they because they identify a certain way. And when the government is classifying you and throwing you into a group, it's kind of hard not to be a part of a group to fight back. <laughs> right um yeah and and i mean that's that's interesting too because like the government is always dividing us into groups and like they yeah. they do it i mean it's their divide and conquer strategy but um it like even now we're seeing like the the um the vaccine passport thing right like that's becoming a thing where they're like oh we're going to divide you into two groups those those have been vaccinated and those who haven't um and it's like, you know, a lot of people like they, they believe like, oh, no, but that's a good thing, right? Because it's going to it's going to keep the, the vaccinated people healthy and safe. And, you know, you'll 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 never be, you know, you'll always be aware. So you don't have to be in a place where there's unvaccinated, disgusting, unvaccinated people in the same room as you. Um, but it's like it, it, it's it, like that. I Like I see a lot of the same arguments coming out of that as I see coming out of the whole like um uh uh what is it the 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 voter um registration thing right where they're trying to say like oh we we want you know voter id and then they're saying oh but that's going to be unfair access and like i see a lot of the same arguments coming out because you have like you know okay you have um with the vaccine like okay you might have people who are just like i don't want to get the vaccine and now they're going to suffer they're not going to have access to society in the same way as everybody else but then you also have people who are unable to get the vaccine because they're they have um, you know underlying conditions and all these other things um, where they would be extremely high risk to take that vaccine. And like when you go with the whole herd immunity thing, it's like it's like it's like you know everybody's getting vaccinated to protect these other people. So now why are you telling these other people they can't rejoin society? 
you have like all of these, and, and like I hear a lot of the same arguments with, with the voter registration thing too, but it's like, it, you know, at, kind of to your point, the, the government is like, it makes everything worse. It's taking a problem and it's saying, oh, we're going to, we're going to solve the problem by like, you know, this is how we make sure everybody gets their vaccine, but really you're dividing society into two groups and then turning them against each other. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the thing with the voting registration, though, is um, voting is not supposed to have a cost and IDs cost money. So unless they're giving IDs out for free, they can't tell people they have to pay for an ID to go vote. Right. Um, you know, that's right. It's kind of and illegal. I, but, uh, <laughs> um, I've thought of that as like, you know, that would be a great solution, too. Right. Yeah. Give everybody a free ID. But then it's like, oh, but wait a minute. Like, where does the government get the money to print the IDs? Like, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to well, have to I just mean, rob somebody else. It doesn't $50 to print an ID, and that's what they charge. That's true, too. Year. So, like, you know, that's true um, you know, they're, they're in it to make money off of it. They don't, they don't really care. I mean, what it really comes down to, again, is power and control. And how do we divide people? How do we keep people divided and divisive? Because that's how the politicians win right now. The Democrats and Republicans win. They they gain new members, they gain new followings by making everybody else the enemy. Everybody that opposes right. them is the enemy. Anybody who thinks differently is the enemy. And we need to get away from that. Politics is not, just because you don't believe the same thing I do, you're not my enemy. You're not like trying to kill me. Like we need to get out of that mindset. We need to be able to have conversations with each other. We need to be able to disagree and then come into a room and solve problems together. We need to have a system right. that works that way. And right now we don't because things are always so divisive. It's always basically life or death and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way, but that's the system we live in, unfortunately. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's like, it's it's interesting because like in in advertising and marketing right because i studied this for a while it's there's there's two there's two like major ways to get somebody to buy your product right there's there's either like the excitement like the sexual advertising and that sort of thing or there's fear right you're gonna die if you don't buy this and there's you know there's there's definitely i mean there's, there's not really anything sexy about government so they kind of like you know they're like okay well let's abandon that one and it's all fear so it's it's you know oh we have to get this program or your your sick grandmother is going to die and um and uh the gays are going to take over the world with their their gay agenda and turn everybody like it's this ridiculous shit and like all these rapists and murderers are going to come across the border and like it's like if you if you sit and like think about this stuff, it sounds really, really ridiculous. But at the same time, they've gotten so good at it that they've like, I mean, they don't just come out and say that like they they bring up all these like really um, like very specific issues. And then they try to say, see, see, this is what's going to happen. Um, and it's like, it's like, wait a minute, like if you took away all of the laws and took away the existence of government, you can usually look at these situations and say, well, that's, that's criminal. We don't even need any laws to like classify that as a crime. This person caused harm to that person. And it happened once or twice. It's not like an epidemic where we need like new laws and a task force and all this other stuff. But, mm -hmm. you, but you're absolutely right. It's, it's become like the politician is the used car salesman and they're like, you know, oh, fear, 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 um, you know, yeah. vote for me, fear, fear, fear. Fear and anger um, are, they, are the emotions that 
that politics has turned to. It's, it's, you know, be afraid of everybody else. It's, you know, this idea that nobody is safe, that nobody can uh, do anything without the government. You need the government. Right. You have to have the government. Um, and, you know, the truth is, nothing... the, no, nobody is safe, but it's, it's nobody's safe it's, because of the government. Because of the government, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's so okay. I, speaking of fear mongering, let's let's bring this one this one up. So, um, I recently got into an interesting conversation on Twitter with some people who were very upset about a new law that was being proposed in Texas, and they equated the law to murder. And I was like, okay, let me let me go read this bill, and it was it was pretty short. And basically, what it said is 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 you know it had a lot of stuff in there but the one the the one line that they were having an issue with was um it would it would make it child abuse for uh for doctors or parents to give um puberty blockers to children it, that would be child abuse and so okay I, so i can get it where on one side there were there were a lot of trans people who were saying like okay this is this is oppressive um because you know you're you're denying us access to healthcare, but then there were other people who were just saying, "Oh, this is like murder," which I'm like, I don't I don't see how that like that's not even like that's well, just crazy. Here's here's where it comes to where it could be seen as you know murder. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to healthcare decisions, all healthcare decisions should be left to a patient and their medical providers. Period. The government shouldn't have anything to do with it. When you take away access to someone's health care and you deny them the ability to get treatment for something, it can put their lives at risk, transgender people especially. Um, you know, it, it is the, the transgender community has a, a very high suicide rate because society is very unkind to the transgender community. It is very difficult to transition. Um, there's a long medical process that is required to even be able to transition, especially for minors who cannot use the con informed consent model. Um, and so with minors, uh, you have to go through therapy for this amount of time. Uh, there's all these steps and hormone blockers are one of these things where medically they've been proven that blockers themselves just delay puberty. They don't actually, um, you know, 95% of the time, the effects of blockers are, are reversible. If you stop taking them after a year, you'll start going through your normal puberty. You're just going late. Um, so, you know, if you decide, you know, after six months, and typically a year of therapy is what's required to even start uh, what's called hormone replacement therapy, uh, which would be estrogen or testosterone, depending. Um, and a lot of times the the recommended timing for that is 16 years old. Um, sometimes it can be a little earlier, but most of the time it's gone by the recommended, but also you have to have that year of therapy ahead of time too. So it's not like you can walk into a doctor's office and say I'm trans and start hormones. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't even work that way for adults uh, in most places. Uh, there's a long process to all of it. And so, by denying a child the ability to, to transition, you do adversely affect their mental health and put them at greater risk of suicide. 
And so it can lead to more people dying. It can lead to death because you're basically saying you're a human being, but we're going to deny who you are as a human being, even though there is medical technology available to fix what you're going through, we're going to tell you that you can't do that. Um, and that can be devastating to somebody. Uh, it's been shown that suicide rates for minors go down, go down significantly just by having a person, one person in their lives who is affirming to, uh, to call them and respect their wishes, call them by the pronouns they choose or by the, the, the name that they wish to be called. Just by having decency and respect wow. for, for humanity, you can help save somebody's life and help them feel, okay, well, I do belong here. Instead of feeling completely alone and, and shut out from the world and shut out from society. Yeah, no. And I think like, that's like, um, that is super important too. I mean, you know, yeah. there's, it's funny, like as adults, we, we look at kids and we're like, oh yeah, kids aren't supposed to be bullying each other. But then there are so many adults who, you know, they still go around bullying each other. Um, yeah. And I think like, you know, th that's something that's like, you don't have to understand what it's like for somebody to be trans or to even like, I mean, like, it, yeah, I mean, like, you don't, I don't think you need to like understand what they're going through or even like have like some sort of like uh, appreciation for what they're going through to even just like have like, like, okay, this is a human being like, uh, you know, it, it like, it, like, I don't know, like, you don't have to go out of your way to like, say like, okay, yeah, let's, you know, I'm going to support what you're doing. Maybe you don't, but to like, to be cruel to somebody to, you know, to, to insult them, to bully them. Like, that's like, that's, that's like, you don't need to do that. Um, you know, worst case scenario, just say that, okay, look, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, like, I don't want anything to do with that person. Okay, fine. But like to actively go out and in front of somebody and say, I mean, this is like, this is the same thing that, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, we've come so far in, in like how, how racial minorities have been treated in this country to change that. And it's like, when you talk about some of these things, like the, the bullying and insults down to like some people who are like you, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, let's go beat that person up for, for, you know, for mm -hmm. whatever, whatever their lifestyle is. It's like, that's the same thing that like, that used to happen to i mean it still does once in a while but it used to happen a lot more to racial minorities and like it's like we grew out of that as a society i think we kind of evolved past that and i think that's that's really important i mean like people are human beings like these are these are the bodies that we're born into and they're all different and um but at the end of the day i mean like we're all we all have minds we all think we all we all care about other people we all have lives to live and um i think that's i think that's really important um, yeah, and I mean, when it comes down to sim something simple like uh, like pronouns, for example, um, if you're walking down the street with your dog and someone says, oh, he's so cute, but it's a she, and you say, well, actually, it's she, they immediately, oh, well, she's so cute. But if right. we do that as people, if we do that as people, no, no, you're delusional, you're, you're crazy, you're not, you're, you're not who you say you are. We need to just respect people and have dignity and respect and just accept people for who they are at face value. If someone says, this is who I am and this is what I'd like to be called, there is 
absolutely no harm in respecting their wishes and calling them what they'd like to be called. I mean, it's not it's it's not that hard to just have respect and dignity uh, and treat other people with respect and dignity. And so, you know, when it comes to being uh, trans, you know, this world is very difficult uh, right now for the transgender community. In the United States alone, there are over 117 pieces of legislation that were introduced by April in 33 different states. Uh, four months into the year, the government is introducing more legislation to discriminate against transgender people and exclude them from society and medical treatment than any year in history. Um, and this is being done specifically because they need a new group to pick on. They can't pick on on, on black people anymore. They they know what happens if they do that. Uh, so they found a new a new group to oppress. And, and right now they found a new group to get riled up over. Um, you know, so uh, you know there's always going to be a new minority group to rile up over. There's always going to be a new group that, that the government will get riled up over and try to oppress. And what we need to remember is that if one of us is not free, none of us are free. If they can oppress one of us, they can oppress all of us. So we have to stand up for everybody, everybody out there and say, everybody deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Everybody should have the same rules in society. The government should never be allowed to discriminate. Governments are there to represent all people, not just the ones that are like them. And this has to stop. Absolutely. Um, I'm just, I'm here, let me, let me bring this comment up here. I'm just trying to read this. Um, pheromone induced MRI scans can tell you someone has a body that doesn't match the sex of their brain. There are kids that have body uh, dimorphic. Is that dysmorphic or dimorphic? Is that right? Dimorphic disorder. Um, but typically the MRI will show the difference between that and transgenderism. Yeah, honestly, they've done brain scans and they will show. Uh, and, and this is this is you know this is where things are antiquated. MRI brain scans. If I were to go have an MRI brain scan, my brain scan would show that of a brain development and brain waves of of a natural born female, of a female who is who is technically biologically born female. Um, I I I've always been female. My brain's always been female. That's how I was born, right? Um, and, and they'll show you in transgender people that that those who identify as transgender women have female brains, and those who identify as transgender males have male brains. So there's nothing wrong with the brain. The brain is working fine. What happened is there was a defect with the body. There was there was a chromosome that crossed over. Something happened, right? And we are now at the point in medical science where this can be fixed with hormones and surgery. Um, most of it, it can be fixed. And therefore, um, the fact is, it, it used to be classified as a mental disorder because people didn't understand it. Being gay used to be classified as a mental disorder because people didn't understand it. It's not a mental disorder. Transgender people can function and do everything else in society that anybody else can if they're treated with dignity and respect. It becomes mentally abusive and, and harmful when our community has to fight just to say we exist and just to try to be a part of society. Like it's draining to live your life that way, to always have to be fighting for the right to be in the room, for the right to talk, to the, for the right to, to, to do anything. We have to keep fighting for that. 
and that can be draining and tiring. And people wonder why uh, transgender people have other, you know, mental health issues. Well, it's because we're not treated the same way as other people are in society. Give us, give us the right. same treatment you'd give anybody else, and uh, you know, we would thrive and succeed as long as we can get access to the healthcare we need. Um, just like anybody else who who needed healthcare. You know, most people do better if you can get access to the healthcare you need. <laughs> right, and I, I, there's a there's a couple interesting things I want to say about that because um, I, I think you know, first of all, it, so so I know there are still a lot of people who believe it's a mental disorder. If it is a mental disorder, how do you treat people with mental disorders? Like, do you do you, like do you run around terrorizing them, insulting them? like you know threatening them is that how you treat people with mental disorders like that's that's completely irrational um and, and but like this is kind of the reaction that we see like i've i've i mean i've heard this so many times like oh yeah it's just a, it's a it's not a you know i've heard what it's not a gender it's a mental disorder or you know this this sort of thing um and i i think that's really like okay fine like even if you believe that fine, believe that. But like, do you have to run around terrorizing people? Like, if you really think like, is that what you do? Like veterans come back with PTSD from, from, you know, whenever they get deployed, it, do you do the same thing to them? Do you run around, run around terrorizing them? Oh, you have PTSD. Like that's, that's nuts. That's not how you treat people. Um, yeah. and of course there's like, I mean, there's like a whole different stigma to that. Cause like, oh yeah, they were off protecting our freedom, which, you know, that's, that's a whole other thing, but um, if if that's what you believe, you you're you probably have a mental disorder. Um, but and and you know and but and I would say this too because there are a lot of people who you know they do the same thing, right? They they terrorize like oh you bootlicker, you statist, you know they they insult people who believe in this. You know the troops are are defending our freedom, which you know. I think by your by your response to that, I think you kind of believe that that's that is kind of a at, at least it's a delusion, right? At the very least, um, but it's like for us to, to for us to run around terrorizing those people and like insulting them is like it's really it's 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 not much different. That's not going to that's not going to change anything. It's not going to change their minds. Um, and, and you know, it's like what is the purpose of that? Like it like don't we? Yeah, like especially we as libertarians or anarchists or or voluntarists, like if we want to show society that like what we believe is is the most just way to live in a society, do we really want to run around terrorizing everybody else who's fallen for the delusion of the state? Like, exactly. like we we kind of have to take that into consideration too. It's not just like it's not a one way street, I guess. Um, exactly. And, and if we want libertarianism to work, if we want to truly achieve liberty in our lifetimes, we have to be the better example of how to live. We have to show people that things can be done without government. We have to lead them. And we can't lead people by pushing them and punching them and shoving them. It's a lot easier to lead people down the road of liberty by grabbing their hand and saying, come along, it's okay, I'll show you the way. It can get a little dark and scary, but we'll turn the light on for you, it's okay. You know, that approach is gonna work so much better than you better get the fuck down there. <laughs> right, right. You know, it, it's, um, it's, it's this idea that, you know, um, that works. 
um, one of the reasons why I'm running for office is to show people that libertarianism can work, liberty ideas can work. And my whole campaign is being run on the idea of compassion, education, and love. It's about listening to people first, hearing where they're at, showing them compassion and understanding, right? Um, the people in my community have different needs and different problems, and I want to hear what those are. And then from there, we educate them. Okay, I understand you're going through this problem, and I understand that we've tried government solutions before. Here's another solution that we could probably try that might work or might not, but it's worth trying because the other ones didn't work. But here's a, a solution that we can propose. This is how we can educate people and show them that liberty works. We can give them a less government solution. We can give them other ideas. And they're going to be willing to take those ideas because you listened to them first and you heard them out and you're trying to help them. And, and you know, that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, politics is about people. It's about helping people. It's about community. It's about togetherness. One thing that we've learned from COVID is that we need other people. We're not meant to be isolated. We're not. We're not meant to be isolated. Humans need each other. And so we really have to come together and figure out how we can have a society where we can have diverse and different people and ideas, still treat each other with dignity and respect, still be able to come and sit down at the table together, talk about our differences, talk about ideas, and come up with problems, uh, solutions to problems together. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Um, and and <laughs> that's, you know, that's something I'm always preaching to libertarians, because I know, like, first of all, libertarians have this, like, there's there's a stigma that libertarians hate the poor and they want like everybody to die right um yeah, no. like, but and i always give shit to libertarians because you know like when you ask them like well how do you solve the homeless problem or something like that they're always like i'll oh, just tell them to get a job and it's like that's why people believe that's that you hate the poor um but the reality is like and I have to admit, like, you know, the, the first time I was introduced to libertarianism and I was kind of asked to explain, you know, like, how do we solve that problem without sounding like you hate the poor? Like, I struggled with that. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I, but then then I was like, but that's not right, because this is like the government is oppression. We have to get rid of the government. Um, but yeah, there's no there's some people who are going to hurt if we do that. So what's the solution to that? And so yeah. I started like having to like come up with that. And and it's like it, it but it's like it's it's not natural for us to have that built into our brains because it's like this is a big complicated machine that that some brilliant minds as much as as evil as evil as they are, they were brilliant, created this system. Like we we have to really be mindful and thoughtful to be able to um disassemble it. Like that's that's well Exactly. You can't just tear the rug out from people and let them fall down a cliff, you know? Um, people are hanging by the cliff. You can't just push them over and expect everything to be okay. You, you kind of got to pull them off the cliff, get them down the hill, get them down to the ground where they're safe. And, and you know, it's not a one-step, like, end all the programs and kill everything. Uh, you can't just pull the rug out from people like that. People need to know that they're secure. You do that, people get afraid. They'll never vote for you. You, you scare them all away. So you have right. to show them an alternative. There, there has to be an alternative first. You can't just pull the rug out from under people with no alternatives. You find another solution to the problem. And what we've noticed is, you know, uh, especially with big government, especially with federal government, 
you know, there's a lot of waste. There's a lot of duplication. There's a lot of rules and regulations that drive costs significantly higher. And those are the barriers we need to look at first. And we need to, you know, tear those down, get those out of the way so we can make the systems, uh, you know, so that we can actually change the systems to be better for people. Um, you know, as we all know, taxation is theft. But if you scream that at a normal voter, they're they're not going to know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. What do you my mean road. taxation is theft? My roads, <laughs> my schools, who's going to pay for these things? Well, right. let's find the answers to those things together. Let's find alternative solutions to these problems together. Um, you know, just because you pay taxes to the government for these services, doesn't make or give you the moral high ground. The moral high ground comes by putting in the work and being willing to actually help people on the ground, doing it yourself. You shouldn't have to uh, have money taken from you to do the right thing. We should all do the right thing and take care of our communities because it's the right thing to do. We live in a world where there shouldn't be homeless people or starving people, where there's enough wealth and, and things to go around to help everybody if we truly wanted to. But it's up to each of us to actually go out and help people. And we should help people. And people will help us. And that's the way it's supposed to work. Uh, and, and if we can't show that that kind of a life and that kind of a system work, then nobody's ever going to go for it. And nobody's ever going to vote. And nobody's ever going to want liberty. Um, the squirrels. The squirrels. They, they, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if well, there were a squirrel is, in my yard, I'd be I'd be charging rent. Like, nah, you ain't living here I for think, free. <laughs> I think that's hilarious because like I've like I've been using the analogy lately that like you know like because right now everybody's like, oh, what do we, what do we do for jobs and we need higher wages and we need all this and that just to survive. And it's like, wait a minute, like back when we were cavemen, like that was never a thing. Like like you know, Gork was never walking around saying, oh, I need a job. Like, that was never a thing. This is like, this is a modern, um, a modern issue of a modern society when, when, and, and it's like, where, where did that all come from? Well, it's, we can't, we can't survive like the squirrels because the government owns all the land. And if we build a house on it, they're going to kick us off. Um, we can't go picking like food from natural wild trees because that's probably like against some federal law or something. Um, exactly. it's, it's so like, we've been forced to participate in this society and like, everybody says like, Oh, if you don't like it, you can just leave. And it's like, well, realistically, like you, you can't, yeah. Um, where are you gonna go? <laughs> yeah and, and it's like, it, but, and like, that's not even, that's not even the moral solution to it. But even if it was, it's like, it's like, you can't, the government has monopolized everything. But I, I think this, so I, I wanted to bring this up cause you know, kind of like how you were talking about, like, we need to address solutions. Like. Mm -hmm. That, that like I think you know libertarians often hear that and they're like oh wait wait you want a government program to solve this and it's like no the libertarians have been running around for like the longest time probably since 1971 when they when they were when they started saying you know end the Fed and the closest we've ever gotten to actually ending the Fed and to getting popular support is Bitcoin but Bitcoin didn't Bitcoin wasn't sitting there like oh we need government permission to create a new thing and like you know. And, and granted, there have been people who have gone to jail for trying to create alternate currencies in gold and silver um, and because, you know, the government wants to protect its monopoly. But 
enough people said, look, here's a solution. Here's a valuable solution. They pitched it to people. At first, people were like, eh, it doesn't sound, that sounds crazy. And then they started adopting it. And now the Federal Reserve is shitting its pants. And they're like, oh, we, we're, <laughs> my, my, my conspiracy theory is that the, the reason they're printing all this money is they're buying crypto with it. Um, who knows? <laughs> like, I mean, but, but a solution was created it didn't require passing a law. It didn't require a government program. It just required something better that everyone could transition to and, and abandon the government solution. So yeah, I, I think that's like, yeah, go ahead. If all goes well, within 15 years, the US dollar will be based on doggy coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's it, it really is amazing. And like I think like this is, you know, it's easy for us to say get rid of a program, but like you said, it that that scares people. And it's so much better for us to say, no, do this instead. Yes. And give them give them a value. And and it doesn't need to be a government program. It doesn't need to be collecting more taxes to make that happen. It just needs to be something, and of course, the government's gonna try to outlaw it at some point, but it just needs to be something where you know people people have a viable alternative to what the government is offering. And that could even be a retirement program. Teach people to invest their own money um, in, uh -huh. you know, in a 401k instead of social security. Um, exactly. And once everybody, once everybody understands how much wealthier they'll be when they retire, everyone's gonna say, man, social security sucks. Let's all, and, and 401k, yes, it's a government kind of program, but it's getting more power away from the government and, and all like, you don't even have to create a new program. You just start shifting people away from the government program. And it's like, I think that is probably the most valuable type of activism um, we can have. But yeah. I, I wanted to go back to your, um, uh, uh, to your, to the race that you're running. So, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I, I, I like what you said about, you like to talk to people and like find out what their issues are. And of course that's like, that's probably like the, the, the best way to run any campaign is to like really understand people and connect with them. Don't believe the crap you hear on TV because that's just the propaganda. They'll, they'll yeah. try to follow the other politicians. Um, so what, what kind of things like, can you give us some specific stories of, you know, what you've learned from, uh, from the constituents, what kind of um, problems they have, what kind of solutions you're, you've considered or, or are offering? Yeah. I mean, so the, the main platform that we're running on is, uh, economic development and mental health. Um, so with economic development, we live in a, a, a old mill town. North Adams is an old mill town. Um, you know, it used to do textile and cotton production. And then it, uh, it then it's transferred into uh, manufacturing type jobs. And uh, um, since the mid eighties, the, the economy out here has been really bad. Um, we've turned into more of an arts, arts and culture uh, community, um, but there's still a lack of really well-paying jobs in the area. You know, the types of jobs that people can can work at and make careers out of. And, and so uh, part of my platform for running for city council is to be a business liaison to help recruit new businesses to North Adams and help show them why they should be here. We have all these resources in our community. We have two universities, one here in North Adams, one next door in Williamstown. Um, Williams College is a renowned, uh, world-renowned university, um, one of the top liberal arts colleges in the world. 
and that's right next door to us. So we have these two great colleges. We have these old mill buildings that have great solid infrastructure. We have the buildings, we have the people that want better jobs, and we have the facilities to train them on how to do that. So let's put all our resources together, work with businesses, get them to come here, train their workforces. We're three hours away from New York City and Boston. We're an hour and a half away from Albany. So we are like a center right in between all the big major cities. We have access to an area that is absolutely beautiful with a better quality of living for, for employees and a cheaper cost of living for employees as well. So you add all these factors in and we're a great place to relocate and help build. Um, so there's gotta be a lot of conversations and ideas around that. Uh, when it comes to mental health, there's a lot of conversations that need to be centered around mental health. Particularly in our area, access is a big issue. Um, also, so is the opioid uh, epidemic. And so is uh, domestic, we have very high domestic violence rates around here. We have higher suicide rates. Uh, we have an average aged population of 42.4 years old. Um, that's unsustainable. We've been losing population for decades. Our senior population is aging and we're not replacing them. Our younger people are leaving. Why? Because the people who do stay here feel like they're stuck because there's not a lot of opportunity to grow. There's not a lot of opportunity for career advancement. There's not a lot of opportunity, period. And so what happens is people feel stuck, they feel desperate, they turn to substances. Why? Because the jobs aren't there. When it comes to domestic violence, what's the number one thing couples fight about? Money. It is money, finances, exactly. And so if we can look at the core causes of what's causing these developments, why are people turning to drugs? Why is there high domestic violence? What are some of the factors that are involved in this? A lot of it comes down to economic development, having better jobs, having a better quality of life for the people that live here in our community, giving them a reason to wanna to stay here and grow and, and build a family and a life here. Um, you know, So it's, it's really about having those conversations with people finding solutions to those problems. We also have an extremely aging infrastructure here in North Adams. We have a sewer system that's over a hundred years old. Uh, 10 years ago, they priced out that it needed to in upgrades uh, that would have cost about $20 million. None of the upgrades have been done. It's a decade later, and now we're looking at 40 to 50 million. And we kind of have to do something pretty quickly or our city's not gonna have running water. Uh, so so we're yeah. sitting on this you know, potential bomb here because of lack of you know years of lack of investment and resources into fixing things um our public safety buildings our fire and, and uh, police departments are falling apart uh our fire department um their, their reef their their roof is basically collapsed uh it rains into the fire station like we have public safety people wow. um you know dealing with this our 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 police station has heating issues so even when they arrest people like they're they're, they're thrown in the cold i mean this is massachusetts it snows here it gets cold you know and so these kinds of things are not okay and there's a lot of infrastructure ideas that are going to need to happen and there are libertarian ways to solve these um you know it, it would be very irresponsible to take out a hundred million dollars in loans and go make these improvements happen that can't happen we can't afford that we, we are a small city. We have a $40 million budget a year. 
there's not a lot of places to cut money from. A lot of the money goes to the schools and a lot of the school stuff is mandated by the state and with mandates, you really can't get around that. Um, so like, you know, how do we solve this? Well, let's think of a libertarian solution. How can we find some extra money? What if we sell off the naming rights to our water reservoir for $10 million to a company like Google or, or a local company like Berkshire Bank? Hey, invest in the money, get the water treatment reservoir named after you, help us lesser the, lessen the burden on people. Those are the kinds of solutions that we as libertarians can provide in local government, still help to solve problems and keep the taxes low. Um, and hopefully not increase them at all and hopefully lower them to where they don't are needed. So, you know, it, it's really all about, you know, really looking into alternative solutions and alternative ideas to help solve these big problems. Um, I'm not a big fan of taxes. I don't like them. But if their taxes are going to exist, I'd rather them be at the local level because they, you can be accountable for them. People are held accountable at the local level. It's hard to hold people accountable in Boston and Washington. Uh, I don't have access to those people. Uh, and a lot of that right. stuff is hidden. Locally, you know, this money, it, it shows up. We know where it's coming from. We know how it's being spent. Um, and I think a lot of people are more okay with that than they are with what's going on in, you know, having 30% of your paycheck stolen from you uh, with the income tax. Yeah. Uh, and then it comes, you know, that's another thing, you know, pe people are poor and in poverty and they keep saying, well, raise the minimum wage, raise, raise the minimum wage. No, stop taking 30% of my fucking paycheck and I wouldn't need a second job. You know, let me have all of my paycheck and I could pay all of my bills. I wouldn't need a second job if you did that. Uh, and that's that's the thing to look at. Like, where is this coming from? Where is this going? And why do we why do we let that kind of stuff happen? So, I mean, at a local level, there are a lot of libertarian ideas and solutions, liberty oriented. And yeah, sometimes you have to take small steps, but you can make incremental changes to help shape ideas and help change programs so they're not dependent on government. Absolutely. And like, so, so like, as you're talking, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to like picture this all in my head and, and, you know, figure out how to, how to slice in my own, my own solutions to things. But like, so like some of the things that I, I, I observe is like, okay, you have a bunch of people who need work and you have a bunch of work that needs to be done all in the same city. What's preventing the unemployed people from, from, you know, fixing the, 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 uh, I think you said it was a sewer, um, and like the, the police buildings and some of these other things. And I know like some of it's going to have to do with like, well, do they have the, the skills required for that or, or the knowledge of like how, you know, how to build those structures. But I, I think like with a lot of big jobs like that, you, you typically, you at least have somebody who, who understands the right way to get it done. And then you have other people who, who kind of provide the, the manual labor for that. But I know like, you know, going into, you know, talking about like the, the, the average age of the people there and like knowing what a lot of the young people say, like, you know, th these days, like, they're like, Oh, I don't want any manual like, labor jobs. Like I'm not going to work in a sewer. I, I want to get paid 15 bucks an hour to sit around and do nothing. Um, like it's it, like, that's kind of like what our, our society has turned into. And like, I, I want to say that like part of that comes from like the fantasy of like, Oh, if you go to college, 
you know, you're going to get a nice office job and you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And so yeah. like, but like that was never qualified with like, if you go to quality, if you go to college for a specific thing, that's extremely valuable to society. So that part was missed. Um, so, you know, there's the, the basket weaving graduates <laughs> that, are, yeah. that are expecting the same, but, um, but I, I think that's like, that's also difficult because um, I, I remember like uh, a couple of years ago, I was reading about the, the average age of the American farmer was increasing every year. And it's like something like, it, I think it was like in the, it was in their fifties, like a few years ago, the average American farmer was 50 years old. And it's because like, it's because of that, right? No young people say, oh, I want to go work on a farm. And so you don't have new farmers coming in. And so like now we're like, okay, we're becoming increasingly dependent on foreign food. Um, we're importing all of our food from Mexico and everywhere else. Um, and it's like, it's like, I think these are like, I don't know, this is kind of like a big picture societal change that like, we need to kind of, you know, suck it up, buttercup, go, go get some of the jobs that suck. And like, that's like, cause otherwise our society is going to collapse if we don't have people doing well, like I mean, the essential shit. Which is why the free migration of people is so important. If people want to come here and do shitty jobs, let them come here and do shitty jobs because nobody else is doing them. Why are we going to stop That's people from coming here to, to help our society right. and keep us fed? They want to come here and do these things. We can't just, you know, run away and not do things, you know? Um, so th there's there's a lot of these nuances, but, but really what it comes down to, um, you know, I, I'm running for office because I believe that we can make changes and still be able to help people and still offer ideas and less government to do it. Um, you know, it, I, I understand that, um, you know, not everybody's on board with that message, but, but we are going to win a lot more people over if we can provide solutions to problems than if we create new problems by taking away the band-aids that are there. A band-aid is there because it, it's a, it, it covers a hole. Stops a wound from bleeding out. If you rip the band-aid and let somebody bleed out and you don't have an alternative to stitch up the wound, you're really not helping anybody at all. So, you know, right. my, my idea is that through compassion, education, and love, we can help change society, we can help make things better, and we can truly make a difference in our own communities and our own society. Uh, and society can be a place where everybody can be happy and everybody can do what they want to do and everybody can prosper. And we shouldn't be tearing up people who do prosper down because they prosper too much, we should be looking to prosper more ourselves. And we should be working together to help everybody prosper. It doesn't have to be one or the other. We can all do it. It can be all of Absolutely. us. We can all win. That's a, you know, that's a really good point too. Like you, you have, like, I remember like having to learn this, this lesson when I was a kid that like, instead of hating on wealthy people um, because of what they had and whether it's an individual or, or, a massive corporation figure out what you can offer them to get a piece of their pie like to get mm -hmm. them to share the wealth with you and like I, you know offering you know offering naming rights you, you mentioned that one i think that's a great idea offering like offering for businesses to come to your town maybe for a tax discount or something which i know nobody should be paying taxes at all but um, a tax discount based on like maybe where some of their other operations are. You've got these, these manufacturing plants that are available, figure out some way to like, you know, incentivize someone to come and use them. I think that's 
that is a really great way to say like, hey, there's somebody over there who's got a shit ton of money. Let's offer them some of the resources that we have in our town so that they will bring their business here and they will bring their money with them and they will they will they will hire our our citizens as employees um they'll spend money fixing some of the infrastructure because you know who wants to work in a factory where the toilets don't flush um you know like there's so many so many benefits to that that i think like that's like that that's absolutely the way we should be thinking instead of like no how do we tax the next town over and you know you know, we we go to our state, we beg the state to text to tax the next town over and bring the money over here so that we can get something fixed, even though you know there's not a whole lot of people even using it. Um, like it that kind of thing doesn't make sense. And like we we have to start, you know, you're you're absolutely right. We have to start looking at things um in that in that light. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we can provide alternative solutions, you know. That's what that's what politics is supposed to be. It's about politicians, politics. The idea of politics is about solving problems in society. That's that's the ultimate goal, solving problems. Instead, now nobody solves anything. They just throw money at it and hope it goes away, <laughs> which we found. And they create work. imaginary problems. <laughs> and then they create other problems yeah. by creating new legislation that restricts you from helping homeless people or feeding them or doing this stuff. And they create, they make the problems bigger. So, so we have to find solutions to these problems that don't require the government throwing money at them, but require, you know, uh, ideas where we as human beings come together and help solve problems and help fix the issues in our own communities and our own society. And that's something we can do. We can all do that together. Awesome. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Um, I want to give you an opportunity. Um, if people want to support you or learn more about you, where can they go? How can they help you out? Are you looking for anything specific, volunteers, donations? What do you need to get your campaign going? Absolutely. Your... So if you are looking to uh, support the campaign, please visit ashleyshade.com. Uh, you can visit ashleyshade.com uh, backslash donate to some money to the campaign. We are always looking for more money so we can purchase more uh, mailers and, and door knockers and literature uh, and really you know, uh, make sure that we are able to hit every voter in, in North Adam seven times is our goal, seven different unique contacts between advertisements, mailing, door knocking, uh, text banking. We need to be able to get the right software. We need to do that. So your donations would be great. Uh, if you're looking to support outright libertarians, you can find us at uh, outright USA. Uh, at outrightusa.com is our website um at outright usa facebook uh twitter and instagram uh if you want to learn more about the gsm community or help uh gsm issues uh that's the place to go uh, to get involved um and if you're in massachusetts and you want to be involved here you can reach out to the lp massachusetts page uh you can go to lpmass.org uh, plenty of places, plenty of uh, areas where you can get involved and come help us out. We always need more volunteers. We always need more people, more bodies doing the work, being on the ground, helping share messages, um, helping share content, all of those types of things. We want to spread the word of compassion, education, and love. We want to make society a better place for all of us. And we want to work with the community to help solve problems uh, and use less government to do it. Awesome. I, I love especially that last part. <laughs> Less government. Absolutely. Um, all right. Thank you again so much for joining me on the show. Um, and guys, if you're listening, 
If you like the show, even if you didn't remember to like and share and comment and head over to uh, youtube.com slash taxation is theft and subscribe or look up the show on your favorite podcast search thing, wherever you get your podcast from. Look for taxation is theft, the big black and yellow. You can't miss it. And um, I will see you guys next time. Taxation is theft. I'll see you Thank around. You.